Hi, I'm David Freudberg, host of Humankind. Listeners know that we explore many realms of the human journey, and some of our podcasts, including some of my favorites, delve into wisdom traditions, sometimes ancient writings or teachings that arise from a variety of backgrounds, sources that help us to focus on truths that really matter. And a lot of this boils down to connecting to something bigger than ourselves, to see that we're all part of some mysterious river of meaning, that the whole is truly greater than the sum of its parts. When I can get calm and touch that inner place of quietude, it points me homeward. Thank you. Humankind is produced in association with WGBH Boston and supported by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the Humankind Program Fund. As hard as life is, life is still a gift. You still have to find what's beautiful, what the reason is that you're still here. You have to find reasons every single day. A mother's long battle and the amazing inspiration of her famous child prodigy son in a wheelchair. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. The biography in the back of his New York Times bestselling books Heart Songs and Hope Through Heart Songs lists his full name as Matthew Joseph Thaddeus Stepanek. But as he told live audiences, sometimes numbering in the thousands, the author preferred to be called Matty. He was high-minded enough to be an old man and gifted with dazzling eloquence and charm. And it was only the glimmer of mischief in Matty's eyes on the morning I met him that reminded me he was just shy of his 12th birthday. Today we remember the truly remarkable life of Matty Stepanek, cut short by illness in 2004, a couple of years after we recorded this profile. Barhan? You have a lot of calendar to catch up on. You bet I do, I will. And Matt, you are a major tangle here. You need to come on out here and... We need to shake out your tubing a little bit because it's stretched and you're going to lose your oxygen. It's my fault, I know. Living with his mother in a basement apartment in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, near Washington, D.C., Maddie spends most of his time tethered to breathing equipment, frequently gasping for air as he speaks. Um, my disease is a very rare form of muscular dystrophy called dysautonomic mitochondrial myopathy. And I have two brothers and one sister, only one of which I knew, Jamie, Katie, and Stevie, that um, died during young childhood. And my mom has the adult onset form of it. She is in a wheelchair. I'm also in a wheelchair. And I have the ventilator and the trach. I also have oxygen attached to the ventilator so that I'm not just breathing extra room air, I'm breathing uh, um, hopefully 100% oxygen. And um, it makes me, I can walk a little bit to get foot away and reach something, but I get tired very quickly. I have difficulty breathing. And 
The dysautonomic part of it causes my autonomic or automatic system to malfunction and forget to do things that we do without thinking, like circulating oxygen and blood correctly. That's why I need a lot of blood transfusions and blood tests, and that's a disadvantage because I hate needles. I'm afraid of them. The grim toll that muscular dystrophy has taken on Maddie and on his family might well have crushed this slender boy with the short brown hair and the dimpled cheeks who has spent so much time on hospital beds. It might have cheated him at so young an age of his sense of humor and of the fighting spirit required by anyone to defy a fatal diagnosis. But somehow Matty has far outlived the brief lifespan his doctors had initially predicted. And he's done so in part owing to his simply amazing attitude. Well, I'm not the only disabled kid in the world. There's a lot of people, not just kids, that are sick in some way. And a lot of them are very sad about life, feeling down in the dumps. And I tell them, appreciate every moment of life. Because even though you live forever in a better place after you die, you should enjoy life on Earth while it lasts. And don't Spend whatever time you have on Earth sitting in a corner, feeling miserable for yourself. Remember to play after every storm. That's my life philosophy. What What does it mean to play after every storm? Well, it means we all have life storms, times in our lives that are extremely sad, scary, angry. And instead of just suffering through them and then after words, just sitting, crying, and waiting to be wiped out by the next one, we should celebrate together that we got through. And when the next one comes along, work through and pull through and celebrate again. And always remember the bad times, but never dwell on them. Is it tempting sometimes to just really feel sorry for yourself? Does it ever get you down? Oh yes, I get sad, scary, even sometimes angry, but I don't dwell on it. I don't just curl up and wait to die. I live every second of my life. I talk both publicly and a lot at home. I have fun. I'm a normal kid, and I always live life to the fullest. And I not only fight this disease, I triumph over it. Triumph over it means... Not to dwell on it, not to just say, I'm sick, my life is terrible, I can't run around and jump, I can't dive into the pool. I'd rather say, I can't run around, but I can sure as heck roll around pretty fast. I can't dive into the pool, but I can get a water gun and squirt people. So I always see my glass half full, not half empty. Because if we see our glasses as half empty, they may as well be empty all the way. Mm-hmm. So I better be careful in what I say or I might get squirted by a squirt gun. (laughs) I'd be careful around you. (laughs) Well, I'll be careful around you. Matty Stepanek is a fun-loving kid. He told me he was raised on Monty Python. He was one of the practical jokers while recently attending a camp for kids with muscular dystrophy. He's homeschooled, reads voraciously, 
and as Maddie puts it, loves to collect rocks, shells, and memories. His current obsession is Micah, a newly acquired service dog who bears the label puppy in training. Maddie's mother, Jenny Stepanek, did not know she would transmit muscular dystrophy to all her children and did not know the dormant disease would eventually appear in her as well. Now single, she has buried her first three children and strives valiantly to tend to Maddie's health needs as best she can from her own wheelchair and with help from friends. But she seems to have conveyed something else to her now famous son, a spirit of arresting optimism in the face of impossible odds. As hard as life is, life is still a gift. And I really believe that, Maddie calls it looking at the glass half full. Um, I guess some people can call it counting your blessings or you know just how you view things. But you can't spend time thinking about what you don't have. Um, it's normal to get frustrated, to get sad. Not a single day ever goes by that I don't think about my three children who have died and miss them tremendously. And, and it breaks my heart when I think about them. But at the same time, as hard as that is, you still have to find what's beautiful, what the reason is that you're still here. You have to find reasons every single day or life isn't worth living anymore. And I think that choice, and, and that's what I tell Maddie, every single thing in life is a choice. Everything's a choice. Don't ever say, I had no choice. You always have a choice, even if the only choice you have is your attitude, how you embrace something. There's always a choice. Now, with that said, <laughs> I have to say it's very difficult. There are days that there are days that my choices are things like just making myself get up. You know, it's you get so frustrated and it would be so easy. Is it hard for you physically to get out well, of bed? Physically, it's hard to get out of bed. But I mean, even more so emotionally. The days that I have a lot of physical pain, um, that's almost something that you can say, I hurt physically, so I'm going to stay in bed. I'm talking about more of the emotional pain um, that... Why am I getting up? Why am I going to do this again today? All right, why, why am I going to get up when I know all the equipment I have to face that my son's on, when I know that any one thing that I judge wrong, I fall a step behind on his care, could cost him his life, that I know I have a life-threatening condition. Mine's different from his, and it's not as um, volatile as his. It's not, I'm not medically fragile like he is. Um, and to get up and think about my children. There are days that it's just really, really hard. And then you turn on the TV and you see the violence in the world and everybody always has a complaint about something. And you think, why are we doing this? Um, but you do, you get up and you have a cup of coffee or you, you look for something good in the newspaper. Um, or if you have to cry, you cry and then you laugh. But life is too big of a gift to spend all your energy being upset and traumatized and not moving on and creating reasons to keep going.
from my first book, Heart, songs I wrote when I was about four years old. The importance of windows. Windows are very good things to have. They let you look out and see all the different things, and they let you look in to see all the other different things. And do you know what is the most special window of all? The window in your heart that's between the heaven and the earth and the heaven and the sky. And what is the window in your heart? On the window in your heart is like your view on life. It's your heart song. And heart my, a heart song is like your inner message. It's your inner beauty, what you are meant to do in life. My heart song is to share the gift of heart songs and help others hear theirs again. And all heart songs exist in harmony with each other. And so, and it, we can't like force our heart songs on others. We can't say, our heart, my heart song is good, now it's yours. We have to share them and let them work together, but only when we understand it. When did you become conscious that you have a heart song? Well, I had kind of been writing in a roundabout way about it since I had been um, writing when I was three. But when um, I really wrote what I like to call my master poem about heart songs, and I analyzed it as a heart song, I was about five years old. And is, is that the one on page uh, 25? Yes. Okay, could you please read that for us? Mm-hmm. Heart song. I have a song deep in my heart, and only I can hear it. If I close my eyes and sit very still, it is so easy to listen to my song. When my eyes are open and I am so busy and moving and busy, if I take time and listen very hard, I can still hear my heart song. It makes me feel happy, happier than ever, happier than everywhere and everything and everyone in the whole wide world. Happy like thinking about going to heaven when I die. My heart song sounds like this. I love you, I love you. How happy you can be, how happy you can make this whole world be. And sometimes it's other tunes and words too, but it always sings the same special feeling to me. It makes me think of Jamie and Katie and Stevie and other wonderful things. This is my special song, but do you know what? All people have a special song inside their hearts. Everyone in the whole wide world has a special heart song. If you believe in magical, musical hearts, and if you believe you can be happy, then you too will hear your song. Who sings your heart song? My heart and God. 
After the question and answer period, Maddie will be signing books right up here. So we'd like to have you all sign up from left to right and um, proceed in an orderly fashion to get your books signed. Maddie Stepanek speaking to an author's session at the National Press Club in Washington. Hello, everyone. I'd like to thank C-SPAN for having me. As you all know, my name is Matthew Joseph Maddie Stepanek, but I'm best known as, and like to be called, Maddie. Although I'm good at algebra, my favorite subjects are social studies and literature and history, and I do not like studying science at all. <laughs> I have a rare form of muscular dystrophy. Partly stimulated by his socially conscious mother, Maddie says one of his main aspirations is to become a peacemaker, following in the footsteps of his role model, Jimmy Carter. It is a subject that usually draws questions when he gives talks to young and old alike. What do you think teachers should be teaching students about making peace in the world? Teachers should be teaching students that peace is possible. It's not just something that's a dream. It's possible. And we have to start inside, have classroom friendship. Peace in the self leads to peace in the family. Peace in the family leads to peace in the neighborhood. Peace in the neighborhood leads to peace in the city. Peace in the city leads to peace in the state. Peace in the state leads to peace in the country. And peace in the country leads to peace in the world. I was very sick. Um, my fingers, my lips, um, my toes were all bleeding from a lack of oxygen. I was having a lot of difficulty breathing. Then later in the summer after they thought everything was better, the same thing happened to my lungs. I, and they said one day I'm just going to bleed so much, lungs are going to collapse. I'm going to suffocate for about 20 minutes. And it's very sad because I... I see other kids dying, babies, other kids my age, and the, and it's even worse when they shut the curtain so that I don't see, because I hear and I imagine and I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's very sad for me, because I know that I could just die any moment. So how do, you, how do you push away that sadness? I, um, I chose a lot of prayer. I, prayer was a lot of support. My mom was a great factor of support. And um, the doctors and nurses treated me so wonderfully at Children's, at Children's Hospital in D.C. They treated me like their friend. Not only their patient, an 11-year-old kid stuck living in a hospital. They um, helped. Do you think that you surprised them? I think I surprised the doctors. I've been surprising the doctors since I was born. The doctors didn't think I would live five minutes, but I did. So they said one year as old is the line. I live to be one. Two, he's going to die at two. I agree to be two. Five, by the time he's five, he's going to pass away. I live to be five. They said ten. Ten's the line. 
I lived to be 10. And even though I had a lot of trouble when I was 10 and 11, I pulled through and here I am getting ready to celebrate my 12th birthday. Maddie Stepanek truly hopes to live long, to become a daddy, and to witness his vision of peace and cooperation manifest as a living reality. Despite the personal adversity he's withstood, or maybe because of it, Maddie clings to the belief that things can get better and that we all must contribute to improving them. There's a lot of war and oppression, and I just think that's so wrong, because war's point is it solves nothing. Even people like little kids fighting over who has the bigger cookie or who goes first in line. And it doesn't matter who ha like who has the turn in the video game. Why argue over little things when it leads to bigger things? And I believe that peace is not only very important, it's possible. And I believe that everyone can help, even kids, just by following three simple steps to peace. Step one, make peace an attitude. Want it. Make it something that truly matters inside of you. You can't just say peace is good, let's have it. You have to really know it and understand it and love it. Two, make peace a habit. Don't just think it, live it, share it. Be a role model. Say thank you. Say you're sorry. Say I love you. And don't argue over little things. Let other people go ahead of you. And three, make peace a reality. Share it. Spread it throughout the world. Now where in you does that formula come from? My heart song. I truly think it and want it. And I choose to share it. I think it's sad that people are not only fighting over material things like land and money, but also things like God and faith. That's so pointless, and whatever God is, he or she or it does not want us fighting over faith. Basically, the idea of faith and religion is that there's something bigger and better than us, better than the here and now, and we are all hoping and praying to a better place. And I think that it's sad that we're fighting over what it's called. We can call it whatever we like. It's still all beautiful. We can call it Allah, Yahweh, Buddha, God. All those names are what make him, it, she beautiful. How do you feel when you hear the reports about violence and war in the world? I think it's very sad that people make that choice. And I wish that I could travel over there and talk to them and help them to understand heart songs and peace and why war is solving nothing. Mm -hmm. You should always keep trying. I live by three life philosophies every day that I think that everyone can learn so much about. One is my life philosophy, to remember to play after every storm. Second is my mom's life philosophy, to celebrate life every day in some way. And last 
but certainly not least, my hero, Jimmy Carter's life philosophy. If you want something bad enough, never give up trying for it, and you will succeed. I know you've developed a friendship with former President Carter. What about him made you so interested in meeting him in the first place? Well, I see Jimmy Carter as a hero because he is a humble peacemaker. He'll solve a huge peacekeeping effort, or he'll write a book, or he'll help build a house, or help a family. And instead of coming home and bragging about it, saying, look what I did, I'm like a super peacemaker, he thanks people for thanking him and goes on to help someone else. And I just think that's so wonderful in a person. And when I So it's, it's, it's his humility that touched you the most? His humility and ways of peace. He is such a gentle, loving person. And what, what do you two talk about? Um, anything from peace and books to baseball. We talk about all kinds of things, our travels, we share stories together. And when I first met him, it was a surprise on Good Morning America. And I was in total shock. At first I was like, no way. And then I just got so quiet. And the amazing thing, as soon as they switched off to my off to the commercial break into the next segment. Jimmy Carr and I sat there talking for 45 minutes. So you sort of struck up a little connection. Mm -hmm. Have you had any contact with him since? Yes, we, he and I email a lot. Every once in a while, we'll talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. But Maddie Stepanek's conversations have been silenced. After a long battle with muscular dystrophy, he died in June 2004. I recently spoke again with his mother, Jenny, who herself still struggles with the disease and now, too, requires oxygen from a ventilator. She said medical research to find a cure is halting and slow. As did her famous son, Jenny, now age 57, has long defied the medical odds. As much as I miss my children, she told me, I think of what I want to be giving to them that day, and I give it to someone else. Oprah Winfrey, who first met Matty Stepanek when he was 10, attended his funeral. It's not often that we find people in our lives who create magic. I found him to be magical. I could not believe so much wisdom, so much power, so much grace, so much strength and love could come from one 10-year-old little boy. And we have known uh, kings and queens. We've known presidents and prime ministers former president Jimmy Carter. But the most extraordinary person whom I have ever known in my life is Mattis Stepanek. But Mattis' legacy is forever because his heart songs will resonate in the hearts of people forever. I was talking and thinking a lot about peace with my mom and this poem came out. Peace of patience. I cannot wait to become a peacemaker. I cannot wait to help the world overcome anger and problems of evil. I cannot wait for the world 
to be peaceful and for everyone to live in harmony. I cannot wait to grow and be and overcome, but I will wait with patience and hope and peace. I like that one a lot, Maddie. I do too. Maddie Stepanek, author of the best-selling books of poetry, Heart Songs, and Hope Through Heart Songs. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Studio recording by Bill Wangren. Editorial assistance from Francis McGovern. Special thanks to Ben Meltzer. Our program is presented by Human Media in association with The Network Incorporated. Program development and support provided by Shart Media. You can hear more episodes of our series at humankindpodcast.org. That's humankindpodcast.org. This segment, dedicated to the memory of Maddie Stepanek, is Humankind Program number 58. The executive producer is David Freudberg. Please subscribe to our free weekly podcast. The title is Humankind on Public Radio. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NPR One, and all major podcast services, as well as through our website. Again, the podcast title is Humankind on Public Radio. And if you'd like to support our program, please visit humankindpodcast.org. And at the top, click on How You Can Help. Thank you.